Welcome to The Drawing Board, where we brainstorm the best ways to grow niche sites and YouTube channels. If you want to be a fly on the wall for a conversation between two people growing their online revenue streams, you're in the right place. Introducing your hosts, Amelia and Chris. Welcome to The Drawing Board. I'm Chris. I'm Amelia. And today we're talking about our niche site, Cage Fight sites, which we have finally set up. We got them started yesterday, so we are on to day two of the Cage Fight. And I've already written a few articles. Have you written any, Amelia? No, I haven't done a dang thing. So yesterday, like you came out the gate and you got your domain and you got it all set up and you wrote content and I bought a domain. That's what I did. Like that is what I managed to accomplish on day one. All right. So today we're going to talk through everything we've done so far and how to get ourselves set up for a website. So step number one, coming up with a domain name. What was going through your mind when you tried to come up with a domain name? Well, you know, honestly, it was something that I felt like I could say easily because I was thinking in the future, if I were to do YouTube or if I was to tell anyone about it, I just wanted it to be something that would make sense, right? That maybe people would be able to, um, you know, say to their friends, like, hey, I was on this website and it was something memorable that they could say, oh, you know, here's what it was. And it wasn't something that was like, dash this, like dot this, like, you know, misspelled words, you know, just trying to be clever. I just wanted to be something really simple with as few words as possible. Unfortunately, with the niche that I picked, um, it was hard to get a really short, you know, like short domain name, but I felt like the one that I picked was one that, that I could say, you know, just roll off my tongue and it would be easy uh, as far as like branding because it made sense. It also conveyed a bit about what the site was about. So if somebody were to see it in the URL, it would be obvious that this topic is on that niche. It's not like, you know, um, you know, fencepost.com and I'm writing about cats. Like it makes sense. And those were my primary goals in picking a domain. I also had the trouble of trying to find a domain name that had the name of my niche in the domain name. Not that it really matters that much, but it's nice to have that. Um, I mean, everyone knows that I'm doing a travel and lifestyle niche. So it's like having the name, the word travel in a domain name. It's like impossible. All the domain names with the word travel in them are either gone or they cost like $10,000. Well, I mean, I went through the same thing, though, because I haven't disclosed my niche, my niche, but I did talk about it in the live stream. Adam, when we were, he was on there from Niche Website Builders, he was talking about a client of his that was in the legal side. And I, he just, you know, I was like, it was like a carrot. He just tingled it out there. It's like, okay, well, going into a legal niche, niche, uh, there are no domains that are good that have legal in them. And if they are available, they're like $20,000. They were registered 20 years ago. Uh, so it was, it was much harder than I expected to find a domain. But we got our domains. I, uh, I went, I, I brainstormed through all these animals. I was like, I, one of them was lifestyle llama or lifestyle penguin, those sorts of things. Anyway, I, that's I what came... I made really great, like, um, logos, right? right. Like you yeah. just, you know, think about Yeah. Anyway, we've come up with our, our domain names. Where did you buy your domain name from? I always buy mine at Namecheap. Why? Because they do free WhoWizGuard. And usually for uh, unregistered domains that are being registered for the first time, it's absurdly cheap. It's like eight bucks and you can almost always find a coupon. 
So when I go to register it, I find it and it says how much it is. And then I go online and find a coupon and then they do free WhoisGuard for life, like the privacy protection. And if you go to like GoDaddy or you go and buy with Bluehost, they charge you for that every single year for the privacy protection. And with Namecheap, it's free. Does Sackground charge for that? Um, I, I honestly don't know because I've never bought a domain with Sycron. Why? When I could spend $8 to get it with Namecheap with free WhoisGuard privacy right. protection. They, they have like an upgrade, like you could pay more, but I don't, I don't need, I don't need that. It's just, it's the cheapest one that I could find and it's really easy to do. And then I can just have money in my account. Like I have a PayPal in there so that I don't even have to run, get my credit card out. It makes it so easy to spend money on domains that I don't need uh, because I just have money there and boom, bought another domain that I may or may not use one day. Yeah. So I also used uh, Namecheap. I have like 15 domains with Namecheap at the moment. It's ridiculous. So where did you get your hosting? Who's hosting it? I'm hosting with an account that I already had because I can't be bothered to buy new hosting because if my budget is $1,000, I'm going to make the most of that budget. So I have the Grow Big account, I think, that or Big Geek, I can't remember which, but it's one where I can have five domains in that account. And I had four domains in it already. And so there's extra space for one new domain. So I would much rather do that than- And is that SiteGround? SiteGround. I tried really hard to get rid of SiteGround and I even got an affiliate link to move everything to another host. And then it went ahead and I forgot when it was that it charged me again. And so I got re-upped for another year. It's like, well- guess I got SiteGround for another year. Right. I, I've still got a Bluehost account out there mm-hmm. somewhere. I've taken everything off it, but if I ever need an account, I always know that I've got that Bluehost one lying around from when I just <laughs> first started. And I was like, oh, great, great deal if you buy five years of this. <laughs> so so you did. And then I've moved on to WPX and then I moved on from mm-hmm. WPX to Cloudways. So I put my new site just on my Cloudways server. And, That's uh, Yep, all is well. So that didn't cost us any money. Okay, next thing we do. So we've got our our domain name. We've got our hosting. You didn't have any troubles pointing your domain to your host. You know, I didn't this time, and I feel like like Namecheap and SiteGround and a lot of these other services are growing and changing so much to make this less overwhelming. So guys like Bluehost, who were traditionally where you would start because they made it the easiest. They basically, it's just like they do everything for you. These other companies are catching up. And I just thought that it was way easier to put a new domain into my SiteGround account than it even was six months ago. It's different. And it's way different than it was last year and the year before. So I didn't have trouble this time, although I haven't set up the email yet. So I'll have to get back to you on that. Right. I don't actually get email with Cloudways, but yeah, all I had to do was go into my Namecheap DNS and do an at record pointing to the IP address. And one other thing, oh, it was just a, a wildcard redirect from www. to the actual domain. So I literally yeah, had I to input two things. I haven't even done any of that yet. So far, I've just changed and pointed the domain over there. And then I'm just going to go back and do the rest of the records later. I just really wanted to get it like there in the account. It's set up. 
Yeah, it wasn't too hard. There was, I even had a, I had a video that Cloudways gave me on how to do it and mm-hmm. watched it a thousand times anyway. So, yeah, so that uh, is all done. And then you managed to log into your shiny new WordPress dashboard. No, I, it was not easy, in fact, because, you know, once you point it there, you have to install WordPress on it unless you're with a host that does that for you. So the next step for me after pointing my DNS at SiteGround was then to go to SiteGround and you have to install WordPress as an app on the site. And so in doing so, you know, they ask you to set up um, an admin, you know, name and password and all that. And so I thought I was being like super clever. And instead of just doing admin, because it seems much more hackable, I thought I would do what they do for passwords, which is have, you know, a, a character and a number and a symbol and all that. Well, it turns out that doesn't work because if you have anything that's not letters, then it can't install WordPress. It doesn't recognize the characters in the field for the the username. And so I wanted to throw my computer through the window for a bit. And I just kept going back because there's like only four places to enter information, admin name, password, email, where should it be installed, which is just the slash. And I'm like searching on YouTube and nobody knows. And finally I was like, I'll just change it. And I changed the admin name and it went, I was like, oh, I was trying to be too clever for my own good. And then it was fine. All right, so but after information I did that. for someone in the future, someone will listen to this and know that you cannot create any special characters when creating your admin name. I, mean, I didn't have yet. any of that problem. I had, I just clicked open WordPress after I pointed my DNS and it opened up for me. So now we're into our brand shiny new WordPress. Yes. What is the first thing you do with a brand new WordPress install? The first thing I do before I do anything else is usually pick the theme that I want because I don't want to make changes to anything. Then you change the theme and then some of those changes go away. So I went and made sure I got the theme that I wanted, which in this case was the free version of Generate Press, which is what I'm going to use for now because I use it on lots of my sites and I know it and I don't have time to be mucking about with a brand new theme right now, especially a premium theme. There's so many cool options, but... I also don't want to spend my budget on a theme. If I only have a thousand bucks, I really want to save that. And maybe I can spend it on a theme later, but for now I'm just saving my money. I'm just going to be conservative. But the first thing I did was install Generate Press. And then after that, the next thing I did was I went into settings and made sure before I did anything else was that the post format was right. So I didn't write any posts with permalinks that were all wonky, just in case I forgot. Like I can do all kinds of things and make all adjustments. But if I start creating a bunch of posts that have wonky permalinks, then that makes a mess for me to, to clean up later. And I don't want to have to go back and do things twice. Okay. I, I, my first set was also a theme. I chose, uh, I chose, what did I choose? I chose Astra. I always choose Astra. I know. Um, I knew you were going to say Astra. Just out of comfort. I, I almost considered choosing another one. And then I just went, no, let's, let's just go with Astra. I don't want to waste my time, which is exactly what I do every time. In fact, last time I started a site, I considered Generate Press because everyone goes on about how good Generate Press is and how, much, how easy it is and how fast it is. So I put Generate Press on, spent like three minutes trying to customize it for the way I liked it. And went, this is ridiculous. It's so annoying. There's so many things that like so much CSS that you have to do to get generate press working for you. Astra is so much cleaner. You have so many more options. And I know that apparently it's a little bit slower, but I like my nice, clean, easy to customize Astra. So I went with Astra. 
And the first thing I do every single time when you install Astro or even generate press, the background looks wrong color. I need my background and everything to be white. So the first thing I do is I go into customize and change my background colors to white. So it looks nice and clean and doesn't look like a blog. See, I figure that like any of the pretty making can be done like next month. So I just thinking of the basics of getting it set up and then trying to get a, that initial content in there. And I figure like months two and three, I can go back and worry about that stuff. So it's not a huge priority for me in the beginning. So you haven't changed the font size or no. the font spacing. Oh, no. mate. No, I went for, I did that. I, I got the, I, I mean, that stuff can all be changed later. Like right now, the important things for me are to make it functional. So to get the theme installed and then get the plugins that I want in there from the beginning. And then I'm just going to have the basic title. I'm not going to worry about menus. I'm not going to worry about setting up categories or tags or anything. I'm just going to start uh, writing content. And also I have started um, building my social, social, social fortress. Cause I always build, try to build a social fortress that I think is natural so I think that wait, wait. I start a business. The you, first thing going, I'm going to do is do that. You're going way too fast. This is like 10 minutes into the future. What plugins did you install? Like, let's slow this down. <laughs> You've got a fresh WordPress install. You've put Generate Press on. Did you, did you get rid of 2021 and 2019 and 2020 and all those themes that come naturally with a word, fresh WordPress install? I didn't delete them. Like, I, they're not like, I mean, they're there. I just don't go out of my way of to get rid of them or get delete of them. them. Yeah, I didn't even know that was an option. I hate all that crap. I hate when you go in and whoever your host is is putting all of these annoying plugins. Get rid of them all. I like it to be nice and clean. That's my first thing I do. Yeah, and well, then, when I started up, the only plugins that SiteGround installed for me was their optimizer and their security plugin. So there wasn't anything else in there. Okay, so what plugins did you install? I installed Rank Math which is annoying because they want you to customize it right away. So I spent some time doing that. I uh, use insert headers and footers. I use lucky oh, well, WP table okay. of contents. You're going too quick, Amelia. Okay. <laughs> you asked me what I do. This is what I did. Let's go one at a time. So you, you put in rank math and when, yes. you, when you customized rank math, did you, you would have also through that customization process gotten Google search console and Google analytics up and running. I skipped that because I wasn't ready to connect it to it because I didn't want to submit the sitemap or anything to it with the basics that are like placeholders. And I hadn't deleted those yet. So I didn't want to submit the sitemap. So I didn't do that yet. Interesting. I did that straight away. Oh. Mm. Um, so then you got insert head. By the way, Rank Math is getting so much better. Every time I start, I use it to start up a new site, I'm like, oh my goodness, all these great new functions. I really like that they've added this uh, redirection tool now. Um, there were a couple of things that they added and I was like, wow, this is really cool. Even Gutenberg is like way better now, but that's, that's in the future as well. Next one, insert head and footers. Why did you put in insert headers and footers? The reason I like to use insert headers and footers is because many times when you're setting up things that need to be verified, uh, like Pinterest or Google search console or just these other accounts, they ask you to take their tag, their code and insert it into your theme in the, between the head and the header, you know, the slash in that part of the theme. 
So what happens when you change your theme is that those go away and you get stuck having to do it again. So when you use a plugin like um, insert headers or footers, that plugin stays even though you change themes and it's always going to insert it in the same place. So I know ahead of me, especially if I'm going to be doing Pinterest or if I'm going to be doing other social accounts that need to verify ownership of my site, that inserting a code into the theme at some point in either the header or the footer is going to happen. And I just want to be ready. I didn't install insert header, headers and footers. And one of the reasons was I would only ever really use that for my Google Analytics code and Rank Math takes care of that now as well. So didn't need it. So I haven't used that yet. Okay, what's next after insert header and footer? So we both got Rank Math. Uh, that's the only one that we both got at the same time. What's the next one? I did the Lucky WP table of contents. Ah, okay. Have you also, I'm, I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit. Did you not install uh, Gutenberg ultimate add-ons? I also did that, but I just like the lucky table of contents. Does Gutenberg have a table really? of contents? Gutenberg ultimate add-ons has a table of contents. And the thing that I like about the Gutenberg ultimate add-ons one is that you, when you do a, a special CSS class for it, to change like font height and stuff, it actually works. Whereas insert headers and footers plugin tends, the CSS tends to stuff up for me. So that's see, why I stuck with Gutenberg ultimate add-ons. See, like, like the CSS stuff for me is like, wow. Like I almost <laughs> do like, like no CSS customizations. I literally run the leanest ship that you can imagine and change as little as possible because I figured that that's less stuff for me to break. Yeah. Well, that's another reason to, to, to just have Gutenberg ultimate add-ons because you don't need a special plugin specifically for table of contents. But if I wanted to remove the table of contents like across the site when I have 800 posts, would I have to do it like at the, the post level or could I do it all at once? You'd have to do it at the post level. Because I, and one of the reasons why I like using the plugin is because there's some discussion you see, especially as people move up to Mediavine and to AdThrive, where their reps are asking them to remove the table of contents or to adjust the, the setup of it. And I'm thinking, okay, well, if I'm going to have to do that on a site that has 500 posts and doing it like one at a time, I would much rather do it from the plugin where it's like one click of a button and then it's delete. Right. You know what I'm doing to prepare for that? Because I am arrogant enough to think my site's going to get any traffic at all. <laughs> <laughs> Is that... Uh, I'm also, I'm making sure that all of my tables of contents are set to be hidden. Mm. So you have to click the drop down, down to use it because I know that that's what Mediavine encourages. So that's what I am at for that. Um, what is your next plugin? Uh, I like WP word count because oh. I, I knew that because this is a battle that it, you know, just being able to track the stats of how much I've written and that just was information that was going to need to be collected at some point. So I went ahead and added that. Right. And that would be also be good for your uh, monthly YouTube videos. You'll be able to show all the data. I haven't done that. I am probably just going to manually just count it up and show it. Uh, but that is probably smart. It's just that I don't like plugins. So what are you, what's your next plugin? Uh, the last thing I have installed so far is Ultimate Add-ons for Gutenberg. Right. And why did you install it? Because I like using it to design 
pages, specifically the homepage and then um, any sort of like hub pages. So I don't necessarily like the category pages because the default category page is, it looks like a blog role in most cases. And I would like the ability to create something that has some blocks and then has images where I want them to be rather than just a list of all the posts that are tagged with, you know, fence post. Yeah. Okay. So how many of you got in total? How many plugins? Yeah. I have one, two, three, four, five. I debated installing Updraft, but it just seems like at the host level now, there's so much more opportunities for backups. It didn't used to be that it was like obvious or available. And now I say, you know, that, that it's backing up for us now. And, and, and I know they did before, but now it's like there, like I can see it. And it's like, gives me the option to access it myself. Yeah. Cloudways has got a option to, um, when they back you up, they also send a backup version to your drive. So that's stored offline. So I don't really need updraft. Mm -hmm. All right. So you had five. I have, let's have a look at what I've got. I think you beat me. One, two, three, four, five. Six. I have seven. So my first one is a bot protection thing that Cloudways automatically installs. Second one is Breeze caching plugin that Cloudways automatically installs. So the first two are kind of were forced upon me. Well, I have two more that I didn't report because I didn't install them. But there's the SiteGround Optimizer, which is their speed plugin, and then their security plugin. Right. So we've both got seven. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I have, so of the ones that I installed, I installed code snippets for PHP code. Uh, the reason I installed code snippets, uh, the one and only reason, which is a stupid reason, is I don't like the next pay post and previous post buttons at the bottom of a post. So I need some PHP code to remove that. It's like one line of code. So I've installed that plugin just because I, as you know, I'm all about making my websites look really nice so uh i had to do that i couldn't help myself next one was rank math installed rank math got everything running with rank math including google analytics and google search console and of course my sitemaps next one was ultimate add-ons for gutenberg same reason as you i use ultimate add-ons for gutenberg to create my home pages and my category pages using the post grid but i also use the um table of contents. And I often also use, it's got a uh, columns. It's got its own special version of columns where you can do a lot more with different columns. So I like doing that as well. And then I installed WordFence, of course. Uh, you were relying on the site ground defense. I mean, yeah. for now I have nothing. So I, right. I'm relying upon, <laughs> I'm relying upon my super secret admin um, code to save me because nobody will ever guess it. Right. I installed WordFence and I turned on two-factor authentication <laughs> immediately. And then I installed WPS hide login so that bots couldn't find my login page. So they're my seven plugins. And I'm sure people are going to be thinking that that was an extravagant amount of plugins to need for a small little niche site. But let's try to stick with just seven and see what happens. Okay, I, don't, so I don't generally install a bunch more like this like stack is pretty darn close to what I run at like full steam versus brand new. Like I don't, I yeah, don't install too. hardly anything. Yeah. Okay. So plugins are installed. You haven't written any posts or anything. So you can't talk to me about that. 
I, so, I mean, I can, I, I mean, I can, you can talk about it, but the other things I did, I did do, I didn't write, but I did other things. So what are the other things you did? I did eventually go over and using uh, insert headers and footers, got the Google analytics code and set up my property over there uh, just to make sure that that was in. So I could track traffic from the beginning and then just verify that it was working. And then I created a Facebook page and just made sure that the Facebook page uh, existed, it was there, and that it also was contained the first link back to my website. So in the about section, it had the link to the website. And then also I created my first Facebook post that was just you know a, an about situation that's going to be the branding for the site. And so it also had the link back there. I'm just planning on consistently posting all of the content that I create um, on the site over on all of these social channels. And again, I just think that if what I'm trying to do is create something that looks like a natural business, you know, it's just not posting uh, all of your articles in one day. I mean, it's looking at something that builds over time. So I'm going to build my social platforms over time rather than paying someone to create 50 in one day, which you can definitely outsource, but that's not real life. Will you be using if this, then that to post all of your new posts to Facebook? It is on my list to do to set up if this, then that. But before I get there, I have to set up a new email address for it because my email address is currently, I mean, to do the free version, you only get three applets. And so the the hurdle is getting um, domain level email because that will also help me with my Pinterest account. Yeah, you know, I, to- I, I couldn't even get a Facebook page for my previous site that I started up because I was like, you're a bot. You're like, you're not a real person. You got, you needed, I needed like a new phone number and all this crap. And I was like, I don't have another phone number I can use. So were you trying to set up a whole new Facebook account? Or were you trying well, like a I don't separate want apart people from you? To see me and go through me and see that I'm an admin of all of these pages and be able to track down my entire portfolio through that. Can they see that? I don't know if they can or not. Maybe people can comment if they're watching this on YouTube in the bottom and tell me whether or not that's a thing. But because I just don't me, want ways to like- be traced. Because for me, the way I set them up is I'm interacting as the page rather than myself. So I don't comment on the page as myself. I exactly. Comment. But, but it, does it not say that you are the admin of that page? Is there no connection between your personal Facebook page and that business page? Seeing as it's all made under the same account. For now, I, have, I don't have any connections listed on anything. But now I'm, I'm going to go look to see, okay, this is what I think. It's a, it's, a, it's a concern I have. That's why I'm just like, screw that. I also am going to be contrarian here and say, I don't know how much the social first fortress works. I used to be such a big Matt Diggity fan. Used to make all these social fortresses and whatnot and all the social things. Now I'm like, I don't care. I don't know how much it really works, honestly. So I didn't even make any socials and like, cause I've never seen any correlation between my sites with socials and my sites without socials and which ones work and which ones don't, which ones get traffic and which ones don't. Well, I guess we'll see how that plays out. One of the things that I've always, I don't want to say always, but I have had an easier time doing, I think is getting the site running like traffic earlier. Like I feel like in months one through three, I'm always a little ahead of you. And then your site comes in like roaring, like month six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Yeah. But I mean, I, the, my, my most recent case studies have all had socials. It's this one mm-hmm. and the one that I started about three months ago that don't have socials. Cause I'm just, I'm over it. I, I just, I can't explain it then. I, I don't know. I don't know why I generally have I'm, a decent, yeah, it's like, like I'm doing it because Matt Diggity's doing it. That's, 
I'm doing it because I, I think it's natural. And so I just, in, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, what can I do that seems natural for a, a site, for a blogger, for a business when they get online? And, and that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so you set up all your socials. I didn't set up my socials. Instead, I spent my time putting in, have you put in a terms and conditions and privacy policy and disclaimer page yet? I did a privacy policy because it came with the theme. Right. <laughs> Which is new, like of all the things like that didn't happen before. It didn't happen six months ago. And then it had like a little privacy policy creator, which I thought was awesome. Thank you, Generate Press. Not that it will be perfect or a long term, but I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take that. Um, but I definitely will be in this first month setting up those pages, also setting up like the about me page. And I probably will ignore the homepage for a while um, and not worry about customizing any of that. But yeah. I did my about me page as well and I've got like a mission statement and mission values and vision statement for my site and pictures of me and all that stuff. Um, I set up my homepage. I set up category pages. I redirected all of my category pages to other pages and I set up all my little tables for that so that it looks really nice and looks good. I created a logo on Canva. One thing I noticed actually when I was putting the logo in was now in Gutenberg blocks, you've got to say what it's going to look like in on desktop, tablet, and uh, smartphone, and mm. and you've got you've got to go through all three of them and change it to make it look right for each of them because they're different. Yeah, and I've noticed in Gutenberg, I don't know how long Gutenberg's have this option, but last time I checked, it didn't. Um, you can have a Gutenberg block visible it's called responsive or something. So you can have it visible on one on a phone, but not on a d desktop and stuff for any Gutenberg block. It's amazing. Huh, I don't remember that, that setting. Yeah. Before. It's incredible. Um, what else did I do? I set up some CSS custom CSS for all sorts of stuff like columns. So I can have borders around my columns and stuff. See, I, I think that the majority of my traffic is going to be mobile and it's going to be someone on a phone. And so I really have very little interest in making it all pretty because it's just going to be on a phone and it's going to be that big and they're going to be like scrolling along. And all right, all right. Um, yeah. And then I've done a few posts already. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Thank God that we have the post like a limit. Otherwise I would never catch you. You'd be like off to the races and I'd be chasing you. I'm like, Maybe I'm, to be honest, I am more focused on one of my other websites at the moment than this one still. So, so I don't think I'm actually going to make it to 15 posts this, this month. So we'll see. It's the second. You're yeah. But me I mean, it's like I'm, I'm planning ahead here. I've got a whole bunch of stuff we're going to do. I just hired four new writers and I'm trying to onboard all of them. <laughs> Not for this site, of course. Mm. Mm. No, no. Cause a thousand bucks, that would go quick. Have you yeah. thought at all about what you're going to spend your money on? Um, I, it did cross my mind briefly that I might maybe do a shotgun skyscraper campaign and spend the money on, what do they call them? Editorial fees or something for inserting the link. It's usually mm. 30 to 50 bucks. So that did cross my mind that I might do that. Um, probably isn't going to happen because as we said in the previous podcast, link building is not my favorite activity. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, 
And uh, no, it ha- I haven't really thought that hard about it. Have you? I have not. I, I want to be able to conserve my money and then deploy it if I should look like I'm losing terribly. Um, I definitely have some ideas about how I would deploy it in the event that things were going badly, but um, and you're still mostly in the form building, hey? of links. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. not necessarily traditional links. Like I was thinking a bit about like, like potentially um, high value uh, social shares. So in a way to like actually get traffic to the site. So not just paying for the link to exist, but actually trying to partner with someone who would share the information with the goal of getting traffic to the site, not to earn money, but to just send signals to Google that this is a high value asset and people are going through it and then staying on the page for a long time and just trying to jumpstart that process. See, I think this is the first big difference between you and me in building our sites. You're all about this social signal stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. So I, I watched this Australian guy recently. I forget his name now. And he was, was saying that he's gotten success by buying Facebook ads early on in the life of the site to get people to come over to the site. And he said, yeah, it's like maybe 60 bucks, hundred bucks, but you get a spike of a couple of thousand traffic in the first few months and it helps get things off the ground. You know, that's what, what, isn't that what John Mueller said? It's like, you're struggling with indexing issues. He's like, get people to your site. That's basically what he said is like, go buy some ads and get people into your site. Let Google know that you exist in some way and, and traffic signals is one of those ways. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll spend 10% of my, my revenue, my budget on some Facebook ads just as a trial. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about partnerships and just other ways that would make like relationships that were longer term than just for this like battle. It's like, okay, like, is there a partnership option out there that that could continue to evolve into something valuable for the site? I mean, I haven't thought it all the way through, but just thinking, okay, you know, if there was somebody out there who had an audience that was willing to share my content more regularly at a price that I could afford, or maybe even for free because we were friends or colleagues in some way like that wouldn't hurt me all right i'm a relationship builder like look at my youtube look at everything i'm a relationship marketer and so i go there first it's not just straight up like facebook ads i'm thinking building a relationship and seeing if that can make my site better in some way well i hope it works out i mean i may not even get to it because i may struggle just to get my 15 posts done and then who's got time for anything else yeah exactly and smash those 15 posts out so I can get back to real work. <laughs> I am not going to sleep today until I finish that first post. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to happen today. It has to. I was planning on doing one today, but I got distracted by training my new writers. So anyway, we are going off track. What else have we got to say about our setup? Is there anything that we've missed yet about our setups? You know, I just find it often is the least enjoyable part of the process for me. And I think that setting up uh, DNS and setting up the records and those things, when I don't do it all the time, tends to be um, stressful and overwhelming because I, it's been so long since I've done it. Even six months later, it's like become this overwhelming task that it, it's not my strong, It's I'm not good at it. I don't feel confident at it. And so it 
can sometimes slow me down, but I just am looking at it now and I'm feeling grateful that some of these companies are trying to make this process easier and more intuitive and like removing some of the steps that made it hard. So I guess for folks that find that the part as troublesome as I do, I guess that there's hope that it will just become so much easier I mean, now and in the future. All right. Well, uh, you're going to have to give us some updates on when you finally make your website look good. And when you it finally, won't be till month six. <laughs> when you finally get a logo for it. My logo was just like text and I changed, it was a couple of my, my domain names, three words. And I just changed the text. So one bit of text is one color and another bit of text is another color. And so there's three different colors and it just looks like a logo, I guess. I'm just planning on taking the site name and just changing the font of it. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Super <laughs> For easy. now, yeah. you know, it's like if in the future this is going to go somewhere, then yeah, maybe I'll buy a logo or actually try. But in the month, in month one, am I? No, I've got too much to do to worry about the logo. I'm impressed that you did though. That's, that's not a dig. I, I think it's great that you did all these things. It's all right. Everyone's got their own strategy. Mm-hmm. And the fun thing about it is that you can still succeed even though you do it differently. Yeah. There's not just one way. So I'm curious, anyone who's watching this on YouTube, whether they think that Amelia's use of social signals slash social pages is going to give her a leg up. Well, see, I'm counting on it. Obviously, I think so, which is why I'm doing it. Yeah. I mean, you're, I, I, honestly, I think that your niche is a great idea. I think that you are going to succeed. You're going to do really well. See, I, I feel similarly about you and your niche, niche, which is so very un-American of me, right? To just say like, oh no, it's like two, two people who are really similar who don't want to take credit and be like, yeah, I'm going to win. Like we're both like, no, 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 you're going to win. And you're like, no, 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 you're going to win. I think potentially that might have to do with the fact that neither of us are particularly confident about our sites. I mean, like, I mean, I've had, I had sites that I thought we were going to do really well and I've dropped thousands of dollars into them and have gone nowhere. Right. So it's not like this is a, a slam dunk. This could, well, this could go nowhere. These are experiments. All right. It's not just like I'm taking the site that I made last and repeating that I'm, I want to learn something. So I, this is like a reach, like I'm going into a niche that is competitive that I have uh, background training and experience in, which will help me create good content for, but it, it's, I'm going to have to level up in some ways to compete in a kind of a red ocean, right? I mean, the legal area, like you go on Ahrefs and majority of the keywords that have legal or law in them are in the 50 for KD or above. There aren't very many zero to five keyword difficulty keywords. Like it's going to be really pushing my keyword research skills to find topics that I can rank for quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also a bit like, I, I think that we're quite similar there in the sense that we're not entirely sure whether these keyword batches that we've identified are actually going to rank or whether or not they're maybe a bit too competitive. So we'll see what happens. I mean, you see, it's like with a brand new site that doesn't have that much content. I mean, what I definitely see in my niche is that a lot of these sites are very, very broad, right? They're more of an authority style site and they may have like one or two short articles about a particular topic or maybe answering a question. 
So you say, okay, could I compete by creating a site that goes super deep into the topic and maybe compete with these folks who just have uh, just a little bit? You think, okay, with all of the changes that we see in Google right now, really looking for like the best information, maybe it will change the search results as far as like sending the traffic to these high authority sites that just don't have good information. Yeah, well, that's the question of how much is their inbound link profile going to count in Google's eyes? To where or just the user experience. So the user goes in there and looks at the article and is like not satisfied, bounces out, and then keeps scrolling. Yeah. Because we know that Google can track that. Yeah. Okay, so next time, we're probably not going to meet up for another couple of weeks for this podcast. So next time, maybe we'll be able to talk about our month one progress. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's when the trash talking will happen, right? Is it? What sort of trash talking are we going to do here? (laughs) I just like to give you a hard time because you make that face at me. When I say something you think is ridiculous, you go like this. I don't, when does the trash talking start? The trash talking starts when someone starts getting traffic and the other person doesn't. I just saw Blow Average blogger today on his YouTube channel. He's got a one month old site that's already getting traffic. I'm like, man. I saw that and I wanted to cry yeah. a little bit. I was just like, pfft. I mean, good on him, right? Like, good for him, you know? It's just like, oh my God. Yeah. No, I actually think that we should take turns. Um, who gets to release their update video first so then the other person can include their response to the video? Okay. So not just the update, but like, and I watched Chris's video and here's what I think about that. Oh, right. Okay. So what I was thinking was that we would do our podcast before our doing our videos so that we can include snippets from our podcast in the video. Mm. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I don't even know how it will go, but the whole point of it is to just have fun, create a new site, learn right. something, make some money. All right, guys. If you want to see our updates, on this case study, head over to our YouTube channels. Amelia Gardner is Amelia's YouTube channel and my YouTube channel is Chris Niche Safari. And you'll be able to catch up on what's been going on with this case study. Until then, we'll see you in the next podcast. Hugh, below average blogger himself with an outro. Thanks for listening to The Drawing Board. You can find more of Amelia's content on YouTube under the name Amelia Gardner. You can find more of Chris on YouTube under the name Niche Safari. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.